Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of the IntelliCast Podcast. My name is Adam Jolly and joining me as always is Brian Lamar. Hey, good afternoon. What up? Not, nothing much. Season 2, Episode 22. Double deuce. Take 2. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, as always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions, home of IntelliBlend. Um, and you, <laughs> if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or you'd like to uh, come on with a research rant or some kind of Mount Rushmore, you can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. If you're on the Twitter machine, you can reach us at EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly, all one word. And Brian, what is your uh, parlor? My parlor is Brian Lamar. By the way, you're doing this with no notes and no nothing. That's pretty impressive. One of our best intros, and have no nothing. We have nothing in front of us but a beer. Yeah, I think this is <laughs> <laughs> this is like the 56th episode. I think overall, if you think about season one too. So uh, hey, I figured it out. <laughs> Memorize our email Malcolm Gladwell, right? I, I memorized our Twitter account. <laughs> hey, look who look who's smart, mom. Look who did it. Uh, what's going on in the world, man? Um, well, Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. a lot of NBA news, um, like all the fun kind of little minor summer sports are going on. That's kind of fun. I love it. It's the time of year with NBA free agency where somebody like me who can barely balance a bank account <laughs> or um, has no idea how to look at 401k or basic interest rates, but can master yes. the cap yeah. of an NBA franchise. Right. You can figure out a complex trade. Yeah. With the salary cap. That's really good. When I'm like crunching yeah. the numbers, I can figure out, oh, maybe they could offer him the five-year 221 million Supermax. I don't yeah. know. But then they got, oh, they got a $4.1 million trade exception, but they're only on the hook for two points. Like I, like, yeah. I'm like a beautiful mind over here. Can we get John Martin from Measure Protocol on the podcast just to talk about NBA? Right? Because <laughs> he would be all in on it. He really is. I turned into like I'm, I'm Rain Man over here. Meanwhile, if you're going to ask me what 15% off of my old Navy flag shirt is, I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm taking my shoes off. Right. It's the worst. Um, this next week, uh, there will be no podcast next week because um, it is Independence Day. Oh, happy birthday, America. Yeah, it is happy birthday, America. Also, happy birthday, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Right? Right. And uh, Jose Canseco. Yeah. Is on the third, I think. Anyway, let's not get carried away with that. Uh, but uh, it leads us to our first Mount Rushmore of the day. Yeah. Brian, what is your Mount Rushmore of fireworks? Yeah. Um, fireworks are garbage. Yeah. I don't have a Mount Rushmore. They're all crap. I If I want pretty lights in the sky or fancy music synchronized to explosions, I have the internet. I don't like fighting the crowds. I'm not a big fan of, inter- of fireworks. But if, if that's what people want to do, that's great. But you know, they should they should be a law that fireworks should only go off between like nine thirty p.m. and eleven thirty p.m. on the July fourth. Beyond that, it's just that's just a problem for me. Um, I'm kind of with you. Um, I know that I heard some fireworks in my neighborhood last night about ten thirty. Yeah. On June twenty eighth, <laughs> right. or whatever. Yeah, and, and you live in a nice neighborhood, so you're probably not thinking it's gunshots. Yeah, I live a little closer to the city. <laughs> there's a fifth fifty shot. There's gunshots it's really on funny. June twenty eighth. That's pretty good. Uh, okay, so let's go with mine. I'll yeah, just yeah. give my Mount Rushmore a okay. fireworks. So my first uh, firework that is my Mount Rushmore is the snake. <laughs> it mainly is just like beauty of childhood. And you say, so if you don't know what the snake is, it comes. It's probably like a probably like a two inches, three inches, and you light it, and it just expands. It's just like a long black ash, yeah. like triples in size, and it, it does not look like a snake. 
Um, it looks like feces. We're going to be honest <laughs> about it. But uh, it's like the intro to fireworks for young kids. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so risk-free. Like yeah, it's risk-free. Yeah. But it's really kind of garbage. But yeah. It's, but it's fun when you think about it from the old days. It's wild. Like uh, I, my first memory, then maybe that'll be my childhood. I, I try to throw it a childhood. Memory. I'll give it my yeah. first childhood memory of each firework. <laughs> my first memory of a snake is being like three years old and being at my grandfather's house and lighting snakes on steps that went to nowhere. Like there were steps that used to go to a trailer on like oh, some yeah, land yeah. and the trailer moved and they left the steps. And we, yeah. those steps was like a fort to us. We, we had it. steps to nowhere. Right? Like, I think it's a Kentucky thing. It really know. is. Steps to nowhere. The yeah. stairway to heaven. Yeah. And you uh, played with them. Yeah, we loved them. It was the best toy I ever got. Uh, number two for me is uh, the tank. I don't know the tank. So the tank is it's a small cardboard. It's probably three inches by two inches. It has like little cardboard wheels. And when you light it, the back starts to blow out some sparks. It makes it move forward on the cardboard wheels. And the front basically has just like a streamer that's yeah. shooting it out. So it looks like a, like a tiny little militia. But by the way, an observation. Yeah. I wish we were videotaping this because your hand, the way you, <laughs> yeah. you, you can really visualize it. Grief with, for an audio podcast. Right. <laughs> you're really good. No, seriously, you're really good at explaining it. Um, with your hands and your voice is doing a good job. I hope our podcasters feel that way, but your hands are really giving a good description of it. I love them. Uh, <laughs> tanks for me, it was great. We would set them up on like a driveway that went downhill and they would really pick up speed. It's pretty great. Huh. And then uh, number three for me, um, of a Roman candle. Yeah. Roman candle. Roman candle. Um, That's fun. Pretty No, not no, no Roman candle. I'm out on Roman candle. Bottle rocket. Nope. The Sizzler. Oh, that's right. The Sizzler. The Sizzler. See, okay. Inside baseball, this is the second time we're recording this podcast, and I have no notes in front of me, and I'm just going off of what I want to. The Sizzler. And so you might be thinking to yourself, like, what is the Sizzler? Yeah. And the Sizzler is one of the uh, fireworks that go up in the air, and it's like, so you hear the boom. And then you see the big explosion that looks like a flower. Yeah. And then after the flower goes yeah. away in the sky, it's the sizzle. And it's a. Like, yeah. And it sizzles in the oh, it's great, man! It it's like a nice, cheeseburger. It's somewhat unexpected. Always my favorite. Yeah. Um, no childhood story with the sizzler. Uh, <laughs> my last one though is the bottle rocket. Yeah. Um, it's I yeah. You know we talked about this in the first take. Uh, <laughs> there's no bottles anymore, yeah. so the bottle rocket is like gone. Yeah. Right. They have you just changed to just handheld. Yeah. What do you rocket? A, what do you put a bottle rocket in? Junior rocket. Because you know. don't put it on a two liter. I bet you it'd be cool if you put it in a, like a coconut water uh, <laughs> carton. <laughs> like I don't think maybe a thick Gatorade bottle would work. Oh, a five-hour energy drink, something real little, get a lot of height on it. You know, a, a YooHoo bottle. Oh, Topo Chico, something. I mean, there's not a whole lot of glass bottles out there anymore. That yeah. you know what? Let's take give a round of applause to America. recyclers. Yeah. yeah. We moved on past glass and how hard it was to recycle, how expensive it was to gl- for that. And yep. because of that, like our bottle rockets aren't, but, but hey, that's something we're willing to sacrifice right. for the world. Yeah. <laughs> sacrifice a little bit on July 4th. You're welcome. <laughs> Polar ice caps. Um, but bottle rockets for me, a childhood story with that. We used to take bottle rockets and sit them down in the road and go out. And was, I'm like between 11 and 13 years old and light the bottle rockets and then once like the wick started to go down we would take off running down the street and then the bottle rocket would chase after us yeah and it would be like your goal was to not get hit by the bottle rocket as you're running so you'd have to run fast enough to where you could run past where it would die out 
but then like it would hit you in the leg or hit you in the back. Like it would never explode on anybody. So but two questions. Yeah. Number one, what would you do? I can guess what happened when someone got hit by a bottle rocket. You just laugh, right? You just laugh. Yeah. Right. That's, that's great. So yeah. thing, was there any parental supervision? No. Yeah. So these were the days like to me, so the same years, 11 to 13, uh, like my Friday and Saturday nights were all the same. Like we would go over to dude's house. We would get a case of Mountain Dew and a beast pizza from Snappy Tomato Pizza, North yeah. Kentucky chain, right? It's 24 slices, six pounds of pizza. And so yeah. we would all eat on this pizza all night long, play some video games, and then fall asleep on a trampoline outside at about 3 a.m. Yeah. Is there a better life growing up? No. Really? That's the perfect – like. The age of that age when you have a little bit of independence and you can yeah. stay still till dark and you have buddies and you can kind of goof off and explore the world. Yeah. But you're not into girls yet. Best period of your life. So nice, right? Yeah. Not upset. You oh, you we would probably call a girl. Like later, like it like that 13, like yeah. we would call a girl. Yeah. But but you're also mobile. Yeah. You have a bike. You can kind of get around. You're exploring. Right. Getting in little bits of trouble, but maybe your parents don't find out about it. At a horse. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So it was great. Yeah. It was, oh, it was. Those are the best. And bottle rockets were a big part of that. Yeah. Um, so those are mine. That's my Mount Rushmore. Worst fireworks. Yeah. Um, the grand, the fountain things are yeah. pretty bad. The hundred shot things that just like pop, pop a hundred times. I hate the M80s. Oh, M80s. That's just dynamite. Right. It's all this is dynamite. Poppets. The little like oh, tissue yeah. paper things that you throw at each other's feet. Yeah. Sparklers are okay. Sparklers are okay. I will say with sparklers. I lit some sparklers the other day for my children. and. I was shocked at how burnt my thumb got. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Like it is just, you can't go without it. How is there? What no, if you had like acrylic nails or something? Ladies, how do you do it? There hasn't been a lot of technological advancements in lighters. No. Do you have the grill lighter now? That is what you should do. <laughs> yeah. Right. You need like the extended thing. Yeah. I didn't have that. I just had like a right. passy Zippo right. or whatever thing. But mm. big. Yeah. Um, so today we have a guest. It's Jake Prizelak. Yeah. The research he is geek. the research geek. Yeah. He's going to talk a little bit about social media and what he does with social media. And to be honest, it, it's, it's a huge thing for me because um, he's got a YouTube channel come out. He talks about what he does with the MRX chat on Twitter and things like that. Um, but it, it, I'm really impressed by him with like how much of an influencer he became in our industry. Yeah. And like how, uh, not how easy it is to become an, in- an influencer because there's not that many, yeah. but just like how great your voice could be if you're good at it. Yeah. And so we talk about him um think about some other names like the louder voices you know like jamin is somebody annie pettit is out there all the time uh bob letterer you know like yeah. ray pointer like yeah. these type of tom ewing like those type of guys that are all over uh, ryan barry yeah like these are just people that are all over like so linkedin yeah. twitter um they do video they do audio they do all these types of things and uh it's really kind of a slow to grow yeah. part of our industry right yeah, um, a big fan of his. He's a great interview. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, interesting guy, interesting background. I love. Yeah, what he's done, he's built his own brand, and he's still. I think he's pretty young. Um, built a yeah. brand around Research Geek and having just um, being a thought leader and putting stuff out there on all kinds of different mediums. And um, you know, anybody could kind of do that, but to leverage that to the point where you're self-sustaining. That's the impressive part to me. Yeah. Because we could all sit on there and gripe on Twitter, right? For sure. Make money at it. That's that's cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, so let's jump into our interview with Jake. Um, he's going to talk a little bit. I love it that he tries to go off the rails with us. Yeah. Like he tried to. He started. He he first of all he came with two rants. 
<laughs> he started going off with like we had our Mount Rushmore. He was like, "Well, how about this? What's your favorite airport?" Yeah, you know? that was pretty good. He came prepared. That was good. Yeah, he's awesome. So let's dive dive right into it with the research geek, Jake Prizlack. Joining us now is Jake Prizlack. Jake, how are you? Thanks for coming on. No problem, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, super excited. Uh, been following you on Twitter for a while and stuff, and uh, really love just the. The insights that you bring and kind of different uh, point of view for the market research entry from from the normal uh, kind of stalemate that everybody has um, <laughs> on market research and Twitter. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to you today. But uh, I guess the, the first question that we ask everybody is, is you know, um, how did you get your start in market research? What's led you into this industry? No, yeah, really good question. Um, and it's a it's something what I do get um asked a lot i think um i didn't take your usual path as market researcher um so i actually did a lot of different modules at university um in relation to market research um a little bit of psychology as well um but all related to um sort of research so quantum qual um and then my first ever sort of job out of university i was lucky that i wasn't really going into an internship um, i went straight into like an insight role um in a sports organization so i'm really sporty as well so it was a, a great mix i could conduct research as well as um think about the sports side of things um so i guess the modules and the my university career was um framed to research and business and business intelligence um so unlike a lot of people who i think um market research wasn't their the first job they wanted to take um i've sort of found that profession from from an early sort of age yeah that is a little bit different i think a lot of people fall backwards into it um, yeah, you know? definitely. yeah um so um yes no I've, I've taken a slightly different career path to many um yeah. but um yeah it's definitely it's given me an insight into um different career paths um and obviously everyone has a different opinion from their different career paths as well, um, which can definitely benefit the businesses or the departments, what people work in. Oh, for sure. Like you don't want the same people all getting the same type of education, the same type of learning, the same type of background, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, we struggle enough with diversity in the industry anyway, right? <laughs> Jeez. Definitely. I think, um, obviously, um, you've made a really good point about diversity. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why I created my sort of research geek blog. Uh, yeah. is because if you put five people's CVs in front of you, I could guarantee you that they would have gone to a similar university. Um, right. They would have completed the same degree or very similar. Um, they would have had the same modules, um, very similar um, sort of degree and skill set, age. The only different thing on their CV, I would say, would be their name. Right. Um, so I think diversity is definitely key um, and seeing different market researchers enter the field is, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. So talk to me about uh, MRX chat. Like, how did you start <laughs> that? What was kind of like the birth of that? <laughs> um, so the birth of MRX chat actually started um, maybe a couple of years ago um, when I got a direct message off um, Jam in Brazil. Um, yeah. And that was just the wonderful thing about Twitter, I guess. Um and the opportunities what people can have on social media um so i was talking to someone across the pond um and we just got talking about market research um and then maybe 
a couple of months before we started MRX Chat, we thought that um, can we give individuals an opportunity to share ideas online, um, come up with solutions to their problems about market research. Um, and we thought, why can't we sort of rebirth MRX Chat um, for individuals to sort of communicate? Um, so that's like a monthly Twitter chat um, all about market research, data, customer experience, um, you name it really, anything about market research, um, which, yeah, it's, it's going really well so far. Oh, that's awesome. And then, like, moving on from that, now you have a new YouTube channel, is that right? I do, yes. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? That's um, great. So it's a new, um, I guess, part of my blog, um, which is has only just started. Um, but that now is going to be a sort of a key content sort of portal i guess for um market researchers and startups so there's going to be loads of different opportunities and um sort of parts of the youtube channel um which will help startups um sort of think about market research and diy research um, but also for market researchers themselves to think about other ways of working um so I'm going to be producing loads of new content, interviews with different industry leaders uh, for people to learn about market research, to try and make it fun for people who might think it's a little bit boring or dull. Well, I think you're, I think you're kind of proving it a little bit about maybe how many people think are boring or dull when you think about like, so we talk about you're using Twitter, right? And using Twitter to reach out and try to educate people in market research and kind of open up conversation. And then you're using YouTube as like a, a learning ground to kind of change the aspect of things. And then we talked about lack of diversity in market research and really like it's, it's kind of nuts that, <laughs> you know, these things like you are super innovative and in how you're talking about market research and super innovative, in how we're talking about diversity. And that is like, because of how stale the industry is. Right. Of course. Um, of course. Um, right. I mean, uh, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's nuts that like a YouTube channel is like the, like this like thing I, I just think it's great you know yeah no it's um like not everything works for sure um so we're going for to sure. see how it goes um but i get so many comments um when um people say oh you have your sort of research geek social media channel and things like that and it's like yeah i do um it's a little bit different it's a little bit quirky um it makes me as a personal brand stand out um but like you said i thought when i entered the sort of the industry i thought it was quite a stale industry it was a little bit boring it was a bit full of sorry to say but old people um and i thought how could i sort of jazz it up i guess make it a little bit sexy um and that's why yeah i created the research geek sort of blog um and it's sort of taken on from there with different partners coming on board I think it's huge. I think it's um, a huge thing for the industry to not just get like young blood and new blood into the industry, but just like a new way of thinking about things. And so many times, you know, market research at, at its core is statistics and math, right? And like yes, that's, no. that, that's the same for every research firm, right? There's no like new, like there's nothing new coming about that, but things like you're doing as far as putting more social aspect to it, like the storytelling and stuff that is really moving the industry forward. And uh, I think it's awesome. Great. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I have, I have a question. It's kind of a follow-up. You, you've built a brand, which I'm really impressed that you've built this research geek brand and you keep expanding it. Do you, do you feel like you could be really bold 
because you're a thought leader and do you feel like you can take more chances because i think adam and i are both you know we we try to have some hot takes and we try to have people with what we say but we're limited because we're you know we represent emi so we we have to be a little bit careful do do you feel like you can take a better stance on things or you could be a little bit more controversial how do you think about that good question um yeah very good question um i always say to people um so I, when I go to different meetings to talk about sort of market research and um, how people can improve in their own career, for example, as well, um, I always ask, sort of ask them that sort of question, where, where do you see yourself in five or six years? And it is one of those, the most mundane sort of questions people ask, um, but it's always a, a little bit of an eye-opener for me. Um, and it's because a lot of people don't think they have the opportunity to be bold in their comments. So like you just said, then you've got a, a massive big company behind your, your personal name, um, which you don't, you feel a little bit restricted in your, the comments you're allowed to say. Um, if I'm totally honest, that doesn't stop me. So I am quite blunt to the point. Um, if I don't like something, I will say it. Um, but I think that's more down to the, the confidence in an individual um, to say those comments and if that person wants the industry to change. Um, and being a thought leader, sometimes you're going to make people happy. Other times you're going to not make people happy. I understand that. There's loads of lovers out there and there's loads of haters as well. Um, and I think you've just got to do the, the right thing for you. Um, and if you have that desire or that comment about something um i think you shouldn't be sort of afraid to sort of say it um in case of a, a backlash i guess cool thanks that's awesome that's awesome yeah so jake uh you have some research rants right <laughs> hot topic of conversation <laughs> yeah give me one let's do it um so i think one of the one one of them at the moment for me is when um obviously there's a um there's loads of different agencies now out there in market research um who have some very big accounts um and they've grown these accounts to um six seven eight figures i'm sure um and i'm really like really happy for these sort of companies who do it um, but now you've got loads of different startups who are entering the space and they're calling themselves like specialists. They have this niche sort of skill set, what they're offering, which means that the, the bigger sort of agencies are quite restricted now or they're quite pressured on how much money they're making, what the profit is, the turnover on each account, which means I think we're being quite nice in the reporting or we're giving the clients the those nice, juicy uh, insights which potentially aren't the honest truth and i'm not trying to say um we're changing numbers or we're um it's the wrong term but fudging numbers um i just think we're we're giving clients a lot of good information uh, but it might not actually be helping that organization or that client from actually moving forward um and i think sort of client um, agencies are solely focused on growing that account rather than that sort of client relationship and helping that client from a sort of return on investment point of view. Yeah. It's almost like you're enabling them a little bit, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, 
yeah, I think you're, you're, we're finding that more now with more startups entering the sector. It's become a lot more competitive to um, keep hold of key accounts and key um, sort of businesses, which means everyone is trying their best to um, appease and please um, their different clients um, to keep to keep them on board, basically. Right. Yeah, that um, makes sense to me, yeah. And then the other sort of rant, I guess, if I can have two. Yeah, keep going, <laughs> keep going. Um, it's more on sort of the return on investment of research. Um, so not, it's not really touched on an awful lot, I don't think, um, especially in the in our industry. Um, I think it's heavily touched on within um, the client departments. So when they're looking at budgets and how much they can spend with different agencies they are definitely thinking about what are we getting for our sort of dollar or our pound um but from an agency side i really don't think we're even touching the surface of um what we're actually delivering to a client and then what are those outcomes or what's the roi of of them and that's just from a a client perspective and then i also think there's a an roi from a, a personal career standpoint within research as well um so like we've said in the podcast so far is that um, it can become quite sort of stagnant, the sort of the market research um, industry. Um, so you could be putting all these hours in doing a report, you're analyzing the data, you're seeing clients, but actually what is that ROI for you personally? What are you personally getting out of delivering a great report for a client? Or what's your ROI of spending 50 hours a week to make sure this client is super duper happy. Um, and I just don't think there's enough sort of focus on that within the sort of market research um, industry. And that might be because there's not a specific role. There's no ROI guru or ROI geek. Right. Um, so it's not at the front of people's agendas. I'm with you on that. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, this, this reminds me and I listened to Jamin's podcast recently. He had uh, David Almy on. He's yeah. the yeah. president of the Insights Association. I'm not sure if you heard that, but it was a really good interview. And he, ta- he touched on this a little bit in that market research has just done a really bad job of things like that, measuring ROI and kind of branding itself. And one of the things that he mentioned is that if you go to LinkedIn and you search the has- hashtag user experience, there's like a million things that come up. If you search market research, it's like 10,000. Yeah. And so somehow user experience, which could be part of marketing research, um, which may roll into marketing or marketing research, depending on the organization, mm. is somehow does such a better job of establishing itself than we have. And that's just another example. The ROI and research, we've not done a great job of trying to figure out a way to, to support that, which is so critical. So I agree with that. That's great. No, no, it's a, um, it's a topic I really like talking about. Um, and I think very few agencies really do touch on um, sort of the true ROI of a, a particular project they've run. Um, they might talk about, we have helped this client to deliver these three key insights, but then what's the so what of that? What's the, um, what is the ROI of those, those sort of comments they've made? Yeah, that's awesome. Jake, we're going to move now into the four P's. Um, first one is playlist. So what are the last three songs or artists that you've listened to? 
Um, Ed Sheeran, Calvin Harris, and John Legend, I would say. Jeez, that was quick. Thank you. Uh, that was good. I was just on Spotify, so it did make uh, okay. an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next one is Pride. What, what is your biggest source of pride? Oh, tricky one. Um, I think it's just knowing I've I've done a good job. Um, and when actually people are talking about me when I'm not there. Um, okay. So when people ask me why I created the Research Geek um, sort of personal brand and blog, um, it was to enhance my sort of personal brand. Um, and I think it was only yesterday, actually, someone said, how do you know when you've not made it, but make, how do you know when your the Research Geek brand is working well for you? And I said, um, I know it's working well for me when people are talking about me when I'm not there or not in front of them. Um, and I know that, that, that is happening. Um, so I think that's the, the biggest source of pride really is when things are working well. Um, and yeah, I get you. Yeah. And then, um, next PS perform. What is something that people don't know about you? Is there a hidden talent? Oh, crikey. Um, possibly soccer and football. Um, so I do like my sport. Um, I used to do a lot of ice ice climbing and snow, um, things in the snow, um, a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, no, sporty, sporty character as well as that researcher brain. Oh yeah. And then, uh, the last one is, uh, people. <laughs> we started, we were talking beforehand and we, we put Mount Rushmore. And so we, I guess sometimes we don't think, yeah, hey, there's no rush Mount Rushmore in the UK. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you wanted to do uh, countries or places. So what are your top four countries or places, Jake? Um, so I've put, um, I thought about Everest, Nepal, um, Australia, Dubai, and the Maldives. Oh, wow. Hey, now. <laughs> so a few different places, all different weather climates. Um, yeah. And zones in the world. <laughs> where where are the Maldives? I don't even know. Um, near to Dubai and okay, sort of Asia way, Asia side of the the uh, world. Huh, interesting. Those are fascinating places. Anything you want to add, Bray? Well, I have a list, and I went a little bit different than Jake's. I went better than expected places. Oh, go on. Okay, <laughs> I only went in the U.S. Um, I put Minneapolis. <laughs> if you've ever been to Minneapolis, it's actually a pretty nice place. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. All right. Um, Toronto, I put on there. I think it has a good name, but I think it is an amazing city to go to. Jake, you've probably been to Toronto. I, ha- I want to go to Toronto. That's a okay. one on the bucket list to go to. And then the next one is Lexington, Kentucky. It's a smaller town. It is a great town, small, lots of things to do. Kind of a college town, but a little bit bigger. And then I'll put Cincinnati on here. I think that when people come to Cincinnati and see what we've done here locally, it's pretty impressive. There's a lot to do. Um, it's a fun city, so I put that in there as well. I like it. I just ranked countries and how I perceive them. <laughs> ranked them, okay. Yeah, I just ranked countries. I think we always rank things. Um, not on the list is Canada. Oh, Canada is not, not on my list. Why, why is Canada not on the list? I just feel like, um, to me, Canada is like, Canada to the U.S. relationship is, like, if I started a blog tomorrow called, like, Geek Research instead of Research Geek, and then I started a YouTube channel, and I just started taking all of your ideas and just taking just a little bit of spin on them, that's Canada <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know? 
Canada <laughs> is Canada is like uh, Mr. Pibb to Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I'm actually waiting for someone to do the exact thing what you you just said actually. So <laughs> after this podcast, maybe someone will um, dare to do it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I have a couple that don't belong on the list. Also, Go ahead. Paris yeah. does not belong on the list because we play them in the World Women's World Cup tomorrow, and I'm. Uh-huh. USA, USA, and then Dominican Republic. I was married to Dominican Republic. What is going on there? They're, they're on no list. It just Man. keeps on coming. Those are my two. Everyone that goes to the Dominican Republic dies. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, no one has survived. <laughs> it's like the Bermuda Tri- Triangle. Is there Dominican Republic in the Bermuda Triangle? Did we solve the mystery? I think so. What else did you have, Adam? Uh, nothing good. I started to go into bad places. Uh, I raced Georgia just because it's also a United States. As a bad country? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's, your, yeah. what's your favorite airports then, guys? Oh, airports. Oh. Airports. I like this one. Um, that is good. My favorite airport. Um, I like Reagan. Reagan. Oh, really? And Reagan. I think I like Reagan because of its proximity to the yeah. city. You get real close. And that you can, like, I can land at Reagan and be downtown, like, in D.C. Mm-hmm. in, yeah. like, 15 minutes. I yeah. like Charlotte. It has rocking chairs when you're walking between yeah. gates. You can stare off and watch planes take off while we're sitting in a rocking chair. Nice. Um, nice. I like that. Um, I really like Logan. Yeah. Uh, even though it's, it's like the exact opposite of Reagan as far as like how hard it is to get into town. Yeah. From there. Same thing with Cincinnati's airport. It's yeah. how hard it is to get into town, right? You were just in this one, Jake, I think. Um, Austin. <laughs> Austin's airport is actually pretty nice for I didn't it expect is. it. It is uh, no, I do like Austin Airport. Um, yeah, no, I had a, a couple of hours um, having a look around the shops and things in Austin Airport. Right. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't a bad airport. That wasn't actually um, in comparison to others I've um, I've managed to be at. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't a, a bad one at all. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite airport, Jake? Oh. Um, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I wanted to try and not answer it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's called Lukla Airport, and it's in Nepal. Um, so if you don't know it, I would Google it and watch a couple of the videos. Um, so it's L-U-K-L-A. Um, and I went on a, a trip once um, to Nepal for a climbing trip. Um, and then when I came back, there was a program called the top 10 most scariest airports to land at. Um, and that was number one, (laughs) which I didn't (laughs) know about until I got back and watched this program. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, Um, so yeah, no, if you, when you have five minutes, have a a quick look on YouTube on look like airport landings and that's a, um, a good thriller for you. Oh, for sure. That's cool. Well, thanks so much, Jake, for coming on. Anything you want to plug? Anything that, that's coming up you want to give us a preview of? Um, so I'm actually talking at a couple of events soon um, in the UK, um, a social media event. Um, and it's a free event for people to attend. And it's the first time I'm going to, um, I guess, be giving individuals access to my social media and blog to show them how it all works, who's behind my blog and social media um, sort of campaigns um so giving people an access into who the research geek is um and also just keep an eye out on my blog so research geek um loads of new things are happening and new partners coming involved involved including some FTSE 100 companies um so yeah it's really exciting times ahead 
Oh, that's awesome. But thanks so much, Jake, for coming on. Uh, and we, we look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Jake. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for joining us, Jake. What an awesome interview, right? Yeah, nice guy, fun guy. We should have gone off the rails. Yeah. He said crikey. He talked a little <laughs> bit British. I loved it. I wish I knew a little, like, British. Yeah, I wish I knew some British slang. We yeah. should have watched, like, Snatch beforehand. Yeah, right. Something. Yeah. Just talk to him a little bit. Uh, but that'll do it for Season 2, Episode 22 of the IntelliCast Podcast. As always, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can email us if you want to be a guest on the podcast. If you have a rant or Mount Rushmore, that is IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Reach out to us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, IntelliCast1. My Twitter is Adam Jolly, all one word. And Brian, anything you want to say about the fourth? Hey, happy birthday, America. Enjoy your day off. Hope you're, Maybe you're listening to the podcast today on the holiday, by the pool, having a drink, enjoying your time off. Oh, man, like a great citrus drink, right? (laughs) I'm with you. Get ready to go to a parade. Yeah. (laughs) Happy birthday, America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.